Welcome to the Business of Dance podcast, where we discuss business growth, dance education, creating your dream business, and falling in love with your studio all over again. Now, here's your host, business coach, educator, and owner of Dance Energy Studios, Claire O'Shea. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Dance podcast. My name is Claire O'Shea, and today I'm bringing you another amazing interview with a fellow dance business owner and entrepreneur who was also a musician. Today, I'm here with the talented Tessa Pfeiffer, founder and creative visionary for the unique program of dance and exercise for preschool children worldwide called Dancercise Kids. Tessa has also written over 130 catchy and accessible songs for children and is an award-winning recording artist and children's performer. So just a little bit more about Tessa and she has some excellent tips and tricks to share with you on today's show. So from the time she started teaching dance classes in high school, Tessa Pfeiffer was never satisfied with traditional lesson music. So she decided to write original songs for her classes and an entire curriculum to go with them. Tessa's upbeat tunes reinforced the themes of her unique lessons. They taught kids about nutrition, fitness and fun and this is how Dancercise Kids was born. The response from her students was overwhelming and parents and teachers began requesting the unique curriculum at their own centres and schools. And Tessa then started training instructors to keep up with the demand. Her mission with Dancercise Kids is to help children build strong minds and happy hearts. And they do this by making fitness fun. Whether it's the basics of dance or creative movements, kids have Kids always have fun and learn lifelong skills in dancercise. They never push kids to become professional dancers, singers, or gymnasts, but as they discover their own abilities and interests through our classes, through their classes, kids often start exploring on their own other activities like choir, sports, drama, and science, which just goes to show when kids are having fun, the possibilities are endless. So today, Dancercise Kids is still growing with new instructors teaching their own classes to delighted kids and pleased parents all over the Midwest. And now Tessa has made her curriculum available to other dance studios, fitness centers, schools, and teachers that want to teach Dancercise and is also now recording and performing in her own right. I will also say I looked up Tessa on iTunes and a lot of her songs are available there to purchase if you're interested in adding some of her cool, amazing songs into your own dance classes. And we get into that and more tips and tricks about how to grow your preschool program, which is so exciting. So again, I'm so excited to jump into my interview with Tessa and learn more about her and her dancer-sized kids. So let's dive into the show. So thank you so much for joining me today, Tessa. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. And thank you for having me. Uh, I'm so excited. So I've read your bio to our audience in the intro, which mentioned, mentioned your famous dance program, which is Dance Decides for Kids, and how you started teaching dance all the way back in high school. So can you give us a bit of history and your background in dance and how your love of dance has grown into teaching and now developing your own program? Yeah. Well, I guess I've always really loved dance and music and I've always had a really active imagination and I've had a lot of energy and I think it goes way back to when I was just little. I was an only child and I was always singing and dancing and kind of making up shows but mostly for my stuffed animals. But whenever anybody would come over, I would gather up things from the house to make a costume or, you know, make some props or something and put on a little show. And one day, 
one of my mom's friends came over and she was, she just loved what I was doing and she was just kept giggling and she gave me a standing ovation and she just told my mom, Hey, look, you have to put her in dance class. In fact, I'm signing her up this week. So anyways, that was my start of how I started taking dance lessons. And I guess like from the very beginning, I absolutely loved it. I loved my dance shoes. I loved the music and the movement and being in class. Um, the other thing that I really loved was hanging on the ballet bars and kind of looking at myself in the mirror and making faces. So I was like that student where the teacher didn't think I was paying attention. And Anyways, it came for our recital day, and I was super excited about my tap shoes and my green gingham little costume, and we went out onto the stage to perform Puff the Magic Dragon. Now, there was one kid in the class, Allison, I'll never forget her name, and the teacher <laughs> kept saying, you have to watch Allison. You know, if you forget what to do, she's going to show you. So anyways, we go out onto the stage, and I was having so much fun. It was the greatest thing ever. I was dancing away and I noticed over off the side of the stage, the teacher was kind of panicking and saying, look at Allison and poor Allison didn't know what to do. And the other kids were looking at her and none of them were dancing, but I launched into my shuffle step clap and was just had the time of my life. And then pretty soon the other kids were following me and were having fun. Anyways, I couldn't wait to do it again. So it was just a really good experience for me. And I wanted to do other things too. So I tried, you know, dance and did things with music and a little bit of gymnastics and just kind of any opportunity I had to get involved, um, I would take it. So I think it was like a combination of all of these things over time that really made this, it was like a big learning experience. And that's kind of how I built the foundation of the program was just experiencing all of these different aspects of dance and music and movement. Yeah. Amazing. And I think so many people who are listening can definitely relate to that sort of show experience. You have a very, uh, very good like recollection of it. I don't actually remember my first time on stage, but um, that's so sweet, that story. So thank you for sharing that with us. Yes, I will never forget. And <laughs> tap dancing still my favorite. Oh, is that awesome. <laughs> So you mentioned like sort of that's how you came to be and really loving dance, but can you tell us a little bit more about your program, which is Dancercise Kids and how that came to be? Yeah. So um, as a teenager, I was taking dance at a studio with a really wonderful teacher. Um, she was super positive and she was very encouraging to everybody in class and she always made it really fun and just everybody loved her. And I was her assistant teacher, which mainly consisted of like helping kids tie their shoes and standing in line, nothing too glamorous. But I watched how she was engaging the kids and really encouraging them and just how she really connected with, with everybody. And I just really wanted to be her. I wanted to have a studio. I wanted to grow up and, and be her. But I just was thinking, how in the world am I ever going to come up with the money to like build a studio and own a studio? So the next thing that happened 
was so she did a community outreach type of program where she was teaching dance at the local preschool. She would go in there and teach um, weekly classes. And the idea was that these kids would get exposed to doing dance. And then when they would go off to kindergarten and leave the preschool, they would logically want to follow her and start taking dance at her studio. And there were some other preschools that were in the area that found out she was doing that and they were asking her to teach there as well and she just didn't have the time to do it. So she had referred them to me. So I had started teaching at maybe like a half a dozen of these preschools and immediately noticed there was a huge difference between having kids come to you and teaching them in your studio space where you have the mirrors and the bars and it's um, an environment meant for dance and going into a preschool where you might have kids that otherwise wouldn't be taking dance class. You have a lot more boys, which is awesome. They give a, a great energy and dynamic to the class, but you're also going to be in a room that doesn't have mirrors, doesn't have bars, and probably has like multiple distractions going on at different times. So I immediately started to make modifications for the class to make it appropriate to teach at a preschool because it is so different from teaching at a dance studio. So these modifications would have been things like the length of the class, um, inviting the kids to come to class in just whatever they had on that day at school. They didn't have to have extra shoes or extra clothing. And then also, um, it was really important to start building a rapport with the center directors and the classroom teachers, and then coming up with curriculum that was in line with the academic learning of the preschool. And the other key thing was really understanding the language that the classroom teachers were using with the kids in their classrooms so that I was replicating that as well, because that led to a lot better um, classroom management. Mm. Yeah. It sounds like there's a heap involved, but all, everything that you're saying is like, it's so, it makes all perfect sense. Yeah. And I think um, for me, the thing that really clicked for me was as I was doing this, I was just kind of exploring teaching and, you know, trying to um, polish up on my skills and just to become a better teacher. But what really hit me was that, hey, you know what, I don't need to have a studio to do this. I can I can have my dance program and be entirely mobile. So basically I can eliminate the overhead of my studio space and I can replicate my program. I can actually use the same material and I can be teaching at multiple locations. So that's really how I started standardizing this process. And then the other thing is, then I can have other teachers that are also teaching the material. So we can be teaching multiple classes at multiple locations all at the same time. Mm, absolutely. And I guess, like you said then as well, if you're already creating the program and you can find the right teachers that fit in with it, it's just, it's a definitely a way to be able to grow. Absolutely. Amazing. So you, 
within your program as well, I noticed that you have your own songs. So can you tell us a little bit about the process, you know, how you even decided to write your own songs and where you drew your inspiration from and, you know, what you wanted to incorporate or how you wanted to incorporate them into your program? Yeah. So as I was um, working through the kind of the different foundation and steps of this program and developing a, a curriculum, I started having um, themes. So I have quarterly themes that maybe have a focus on communication. I have a quarter that focuses on fitness. I have another quarter that focuses on performing. I have another focus that has to do with more like social skills. Now within all these different quarterly themes, I would have monthly units. So for example, in my communications quarter, I have a unit called manners. And I wanted to be able to really talk about saying please or saying thank you or being kind to somebody or taking ownership if you made a mistake. And there's a lot of really, really great kids music out there, but it is really hard to find great kids music um, that is appropriate, age appropriate. And then also it was really hard to find something that was singing and talking about saying please or saying thank you. So my dad actually is a professional musician and that's um, how he made a living, his career. And um, my husband and I actually had met through music as well. And so it just seemed like the natural progression was, hey, let's write our own music for this so that I can talk about exactly whatever the lesson is. So that's, that's how that came about. The, the music itself, um, we have 12 CDs that cover a three-year, we have a three-year rotating curriculum. So we have 12 CDs and each, has, each um, CD has 15 songs on it. And a fun little fact is that all of the names that you'll hear in the different songs are either a friend, a family member, or one of my pets. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I, I just muted my mic to yell at my dog. So when as, as soon as you said pets, so that made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have three dogs and I have them in their um, little areas um, chewing on little milk bones right now. Wow. That's much more. Yeah. My, <laughs> my dog's outside and I just had to mute my mic. I was yelling at her. She doesn't enjoy people walking past the house. So that's fun. Um, yes, but sorry. And so you have, I love the idea of a rotating program as well. Like I feel like a lot of studio owners or dance teachers have a rotating program in the fact that they always just feel like they're creating more, but they don't go back and just reuse or adjust what they've already done. So you have like a set three-year program that you roll through and then start again. Yes, and it is specifically designed so that it can be modified to have toddlers in class. So if a toddler were to start out at the age of two years old and they're doing the program is year one, then when they're, you know, three, they're doing year two, when they're four, they're doing year three, when they're five years old, we can start back with year one, but now the material 
has been modified to be more challenging and appropriate for the the five-year-old. So we're using the same curriculum and it's up to the teacher to modify the curriculum to either, you know, bring it down to the level of a toddler or to enhance it and make it more challenging for somebody who's, you know, five or six years old. Amazing. yeah, and it keeps it fresh for the kids because, like I said, it's it's a full three years before you start repeating the material. So I also saw on your website that you include teaching sign language as a part of the Dancercise Kids curricul- curriculum, which I think is so awesome. So, you know, what gave you this idea to include this? Or have you seen any positive outcomes from teaching sign language as well? Yeah, so... How I incorporated the American Sign Language was kind of a combination of things. So what initially got me interested was when my son was about 18 months old, he had an expressive language delay. And so the doctors had said, you should really do some sign language with him. So I started just kind of looking in books and looking online. And then I was just so interested in it. I ended up taking a two-year sign language program at the University of Minnesota. And the professors are all deaf, so you're completely immersed into this culture. And I just loved it. Now, while I was doing that, my son had a language explosion, and then we just weren't really doing as much signing. But I kept up with that program. And I was noticing that a lot of the kind of cutesy little moves that we would do in the choreography, such as you know, tapping your wrist like you're wearing a watch to represent the time. Well, that's a that's a real sign. Mm. And so I made this connection of, wow, you know, the this the sign language is such a beautiful language and it's all about communicating and expressing yourself. And it just made such a great um, you know, enhancement to what the curriculum is. So that's how I started putting the actual sign language into the program. Now, what what I'm using is American Sign Language, but sign language is different in different countries and different places of the world. And it can even be different just in um, different communities, you know, from one state to the other. And so I always say for the teachers who are using the curriculum, they can simply look online or get a book to whatever is their local um, sign language, and then they can modify and, and use what's in being used for sign language in, in their area. Mm, mm, absolutely. And I feel like, like you said, there is probably some moves that are a bit more like obvious or easy for other the kids to pick up. Obviously there's a lot of intricacies when it gets really into it, but it's, I think it's really great to kind of expose, you know, different, a, a wide range of kids. And then they'll probably take that home and share it with their families as well, which is really just kind of spreading, you know, acceptance and you know showing them that there is people that are different but it's a good thing absolutely and I think what we're finding is that what what the preschools are doing is including people of all abilities and all backgrounds and we have some kids um, who actually have been deaf who have been able to participate in our program and it's so wonderful because they're experiencing everything just like all of the other kids we also have some kids that maybe do have some kind of a an expressive language either delay or difficulty um, they might be on maybe 
um, the autism spectrum and maybe their way of communicating is with sign language. So through this, we are able to really welcome and embrace a lot of different kids and they can participate and just be like everybody else and be included. It's, it's been a really great experience. Amazing. I actually, now that you, when you're talking about it, then it just r- reminded me, I was, what, I was on Facebook the other day, which can be like obviously the worst, but there is some good things that are on Facebook. And I saw this lovely video of this. Um, she was like a teenage daughter and like a, her dad and they were at like a, a rock concert and her dad was deaf, but he can feel the vibrations and she was signing all the lyrics to him the whole time. And it was the, it was such a nice video to see obviously like a father and daughter bonding, but it was, yeah, the, the intricacy and like the movement she was doing it, it, it definitely looks like dancing. That's what I was thinking when I was watching her, that she looked like she was kind of doing like totting almost. It's so beautiful to watch. It really is. It's Mm -hmm. a beautiful language and really kind of pulling all of these elements together is the philosophy that I have and the foundation of my program is that music plus movement equals memory. Mm. I'm really incorporating all of these things and that's what helps the kids to learn and to take these lessons home because they're singing about it. They're, they're combining, you know, what we're talking about with music and with movement. So I, I think that that is the way that we can cement the information in their brain is because music plus movement equals memory. Amazing. And I, I'm fully aware that you, when you started incorporating it into your dance programs, that it was like very organic and it was something that you did out of interest and love. But have you found adding some elements like this, like in a, an attractive part for like the studio directors and the, the schools that you have this program running in? Do you, do you find that that is like a, an interesting like point of difference that they see in your program? Yes, absolutely. I do think what is really appealing for the preschools to welcome us in is that we have a full curriculum Mm. that we're not just turning the music on and spinning around and, and um, just running around the room that we have a full curriculum where, you know, we are learning actual dance steps. We are incorporating sign language. We have lessons that go with all of the curriculum, you know, but like I said, we're, we're learning specific things. Like we have a unit that's about people in places around the world, or there's a a unit that has to do with healthy habits where we talk about the three things you can do to stay healthy are getting enough sleep, getting enough exercise and to eat well. And these are all like, we make it really fun though. So the kids never feel like like, oh, you know, we're learning all this stuff. They're just teaching, (laughs) teaching, you know, we're singing about it and we're dancing and moving around. So it's just to them, they're just having fun and they're singing about it. And it isn't like we're, you know, shoving a a lesson down their throat. They're just having fun and learning. So I think that's the part that the, not only the, the preschools, like the classroom teachers and the directors, but also the parents. I think they really appreciate all these life lessons and healthy habits that we're um, teaching the kids at such a young age. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's very interesting yeah, to have different elements 
even though you've done it in a way that, you know, you weren't trying to be different, obviously, but you like just were as a result. I think it's really great to show the, the different elements in the program that you're giving. And that's like a tip for, I guess, all teachers and studio owners listening. But um, from creating this program, you, you, like you mentioned, you've covered a lot of bases as well as like nutrition and fitness and manners and learning other languages and having fun, obviously. But is there anything you've seen over the years as a program director and educator that you know, could, is currently missing in your opinion or that school curriculums you know, are really trying to push in a child's development? Yeah. Well, first of all, I always feel really sad when I hear about when there's budget cuts, usually it's going to be the performing arts, it's going to be the, the FIAD classes, music classes, the art classes. Those are the things when budgets are cut, the, the funding is usually taken away from some of those programs. But those are the, the programs that I feel that are so important for the kids because, again, I think music plus movement equals memory. And the other thing that I think is missing is that there's such a focus on kids just sitting down and having to memorize things. Um, and I feel like it's a lot better for them to, to get up and move and to experience things. So what I feel that's missing is kind of making it more like an adventure and fun and, and putting some context into the learning. And I just think that because everybody's different and everybody learns differently that if you're having some things that are visual and some things that are like an audio it helps all all different learners be engaged and experience the same adventure so I don't know I just feel like we should be inspiring them to be creative and to have fun and you know it's okay if you're if they're doing an art project and and the one kid says well I want my duck to be purple well sure mm -hmm. your duck can be purple I think that's a great idea yeah. so I was just think that if we could you know somehow incorporate more with with music and movement in the classroom that it would really enhance what the kids are learning and what they're experiencing. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And like you said, it's, it's super sad sort of when anything needs to be cut, that it always seems to be the arts first, but I, I do think there has been a shift for the better, but again, at the end of the day, if there is budget cuts, it always seems to be that first, doesn't it? It does. And that's why I think what, what the Dancer Size Kids program is doing is so important because we are going into the preschools and offering this program. And again, you know, we're having kids because they're already at preschool. And so this is a convenience to the parents. We're not taking away from their family time after school in the evening. We're not taking away time from them over the weekend. The kids are getting this experience at school. So a lot of times we're getting kids that normally wouldn't have the experience of getting to go to a studio. And, and I feel like it's really important for us to expose the kids to, you know, the music, the movement, the performing arts, because if we can get them excited about it, even if they might not have an opportunity like through their their school day, if they're excited 
passionate about something, you know, maybe their parents would have the opportunity to get them involved to bring them to a dance studio or a music lesson or to do something with a sports team or something. So my hope is really that we're inspiring the kids and getting them excited to find something they love that they can continue with. Just like we love dance and and I've been selected to have a whole career based on something that I love. I hope that I can share that with other people. Yeah. Amazing. And, you know, with that as well, I've seen when I was doing research on you and looking at your website and things, it's absolutely amazing testimonials about your program and it's now sold and taught worldwide, which is just, you know, it must be such a, a proud moment for you and something obviously you've worked so hard for, but is there any, has there been any feedback that you've received either from a teacher or parent that's really stood out to you? Is there something that, you know, you hold really close to your heart? Maybe I'm sure all feedback is lovely, but you know, is there any particular thing that you've heard or received that you've just adored? Hmm. Well, I have a few things that, that really stick with me. Um, one of my favorite emails I got from a parent was um, she told me that when she picked her son up from school, she said, how was school today? Did you go to dancer size? And she, and he said, he goes, yeah, it was the only fun thing I did all day. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> anyways, nice. that just, that just made me laugh. Um, I know he did all kinds of other fun things at yeah. school, but that's what he remembered. Yeah. Um, um, one of the things that's been, um, a delightful surprise to me is that my program has reached people all over the world and places where English is not the first language. Mm. And what's been so interesting is that there are a lot of schools that are using some of my curriculum and the music, and that is how they're exposing the kids to English. So that's just been um, interesting. I have a preschool um, just recently in Japan, and wow. as a part of as a part of their year in parent program, um, they were really, really excited and, and um, were using some of my material. And they did a song, When I Grow Up, where they were able to perform and do, do they followed my dance and everything and the teachers were doing it. And they sent me a video. It was so sweet. I just absolutely loved it. But it was just really fun for me to think like, wow, here I am on the other end of the side of the world. And they're singing my song and just learning and having fun. And so I just love that. Um, I would say a lot of times parents will let us know that their child is really super shy, almost painfully shy, where they won't answer a question because they're so shy. But over time, they really come out of their shell because we really encourage them to like have fun and try their best. And so when a parent comes up and says, hey, you know, my kid just is really um, a lot more outgoing and we really attribute that to what they're doing in your class. That's a really great, great feeling. Yeah, I can absolutely imagine. I'm sure a lot of teachers listening can also relate to that and, you know, maybe not having their class taught in Japan, but the, the shy child <laughs> or well, the, sorry, you go. I was just going to say that the absolute best feedback I ever had was actually not from a teacher, not from a parent, not from a school director. It was from a four-year-old. <sighs> and it was, it was just such a great moment. And I'll never forget this. This was really early on when I started teaching. 
and I was, I just finished class and I was packing up my dance bag and one of my students was still, you know, hanging around talking to me and she said, you know, well, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm going to go teach another dance class at another school with other kids. And she said, well, don't you have to go to work today? <laughs> and I, and I said, well, I, I am, this is, this is my work. This is what I do. And she said, you mean you sing and dance and that's your work? And I said, yeah, this is, this is what I do. And you could just see she stopped and you could just see the little wheels turning in her head. And all of a sudden she just lit up and she said, oh, I'm going to be a dance teacher when I grow up. Oh, that's so great. That's <laughs> and, and I just, I thought, you know, that's just so true. I do. I have the best job in the world. Yeah. It's really good to kind of come back to those moments as well. Cause I think, you know, as busy teachers or studio owners or, you know, business owners that sometimes it can seem, you know, all too much or, you know, like your focus kind of sort of sways a little, if that makes sense. And when someone reminds you like why you're doing this in the first place, it's a really important thing to think about. Absolutely. Amazing. So a little bit more about you. Are you still teaching dance classes or are you focusing on the running of dance size or have you got any other side projects other than your amazing program going on at the moment? Well, there's always something going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I do still teach. I love teaching. I love being with the kids. Um, but I mostly do like special events. Um, I also perform live dance and sing-alongs and I do those at like different festivals. Um, I'm a frequent performer at the Mall of America. They have a Toddler Tuesday where they have um, highlighted performers that come in and do things. And those are always really, really fun. Mm. Um, and then um, some of the other things that I'm working on is um, – developing um, some of the programming to be available for other not just you know enrichment programs but dance studios and potentially kids that want to do some dancing at home so yeah that's awesome and I think it's really important like you said that you know you're still and not that everyone has to be a teacher still if they're you know running a business or their studio but I think in relation to your program it's really amazing that you can still get to you know test out the lessons and make sure everything is still going how you like it and be able to share any tips and tricks with other teachers who are using your program as well. Yeah and I think at this point in my career I have experienced just about everything there is to experience teaching in my little niche which is um, preschool dance like at the child care and preschool um, centers and so for me um, I've had a lot of people well I've I've literally trained thousands of teachers um, you know over over time um, whether it's helping out classroom teachers to bring music and movement into their classrooms or whether it's specifically working with other dance teachers, um, giving them tips and tricks on, on classroom behave, uh, management, behavior management, um, how to really engage kids and how to put together a program that is specific for the preschools. And so because I've, um, I love working with other dance teachers and helping them um, so now I'm putting together actually a community where I'm going to be helping other dance teachers either start 
um, the, their own enrichment program or if they have one to kind of help them to um, expand their enrichment program. So I'm actually taking the business system that's proven. It's what I have perfected over, you know, these, these years of teaching and I'm sharing it with other people. Mm. And so we're launching this community in July. Amazing. That sounds awesome. And so that is your next project project for Dancercise then? That is the next project, the next adventure. That is really exciting. And like you said, I think it's always good to have, like if people have like this particular niche they're really wanting to get into or develop or explode, it's always great to work with people who've had experience doing that. Yeah. And I think it's always what I find is when you get together with other people that are in that same area of interest, there's always something to learn and there's always something to share and there's always fun stories when you work with preschool kids, especially. (laughs) And it's just, there's just a certain energy that comes together when we're helping each other. And I, I love doing that. And that's why I'm so excited to have this community come together. Absolutely. And that is so exciting and wonderful. But, you know, if we have any listeners who are wanting to learn more about you or that program that you were just talking about, or also Dancercise or possibly come become certified to teach Dancercise, where can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so on Facebook, we have a Dancer Size Kids for Teachers page. Um, if anybody is interested in learning more about either becoming a Dancer Size Kids um, teacher or having an enrichment program, um, we are going to be opening up this community in uh, July. If somebody wants to look at information, they can go to either we have Dancer Size Kids for Teachers on Facebook or our website is dancersizekids.com. Okay, amazing. And on Facebook, I'm just looking at the links here. Yeah, it's facebook.com forward slash dancersizekids or slash teach dancersizekids. So depending on what they were wanting to do. Um, That is awesome. And I hope that our listeners can get in touch with you. Yeah, and if anybody just wants to ask us some questions or check it out, um, we are going to be offering free 15-minute consultations to go over any questions that they have and maybe explore if this would be a good opportunity or a good match for them. Amazing. And you as well, you on Instagram because I love Instagram. Yes. Are you absolutely at, at Size Kids? Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Tessa, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast and sharing all about Dancercise and all about, you know, the amazing program you've created and tips and tricks for other teachers and studio owners that listen to this around the world. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was a really fun adventure. Thank you for listening to the Business of Dance podcast. For show notes and other episodes, please go to businessofdance.net slash podcast. To learn more about Business of Dance and stay up to date with all the episode releases, as well as lots of extra studio tips and tricks, please like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or wish to be a guest on the podcast, please contact us at podcast at businessofdance.net.
We appreciate you taking the time to rate and review us on iTunes and wish you a great day. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And until then, keep dancing your way to the business you have always desired. Oh, sorry. My mic was on mute and then it wasn't. I will do, I will fix that. (laughs) I sometimes mute it on my end when I'm not talking because else you hear like my background, but I didn't realize it was still on mute. Okay. I'll just, sorry. (laughs) Not having the best day today. Anyway. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Oopsies.